1: Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy.
0: My next guest has had her live stream on Facebook taken down. She was talking about the facts regarding the assertion that uh, the police are out mowing down blacks just because they're black. Uh, and uh, National Review reached out to uh, Facebook about uh, the incident, and she's going to talk about what happened. Also, her article, Freedom to Deface, about the removal of the anti-graffiti uh, program, is up on LarryElder.com. Please welcome back to the program the contributing editor, City Journal, Manhattan Institute Senior Fellow, Heather McDonald. Heather, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it.
2: Well, great! Thanks so much for having me on, Larry. Let me just correct one thing. It was YouTube that removed the live stream. YouTube, not Facebook. Uh, not Facebook. Okay. Tell, and, first, tell, uh, first tell me.
0: First, tell us about about what you were doing. What, what the what the lecture was all about.
2: It was a lecture on the Black Lives Matter narrative testing. It's claims that we're living through a epidemic of racially biased police shootings of black men and, and police brutality more generally against data, against federal data on crime and policing and shooting, against local crime data, against the actual numbers of police shootings, comparing that to crime, and, and also looking at individual cases. You know, there's, there's many white counterparts to George Floyd that the public has never been told about, uh... because they don't fit the, the media narrative so uh, it ver- makes a big difference whether this narrative that that the police are systemically biased and blacks are under lethal threat in this country is right or not because we've had riots we've had attacks on officers we've had a huge spike in homicides and shootings this year uh... all because of that narrative that has unleashed chaos upon the country so it matters whether it's right or not and my contention, Larry, when I look at, at the numbers, when I look at criminological research, when I look at individual cases, is that it is patently false. Uh, so I was giving a speech under the auspices of a Minneapolis think tank called the Center of the American Experiment that was live-streamed and watched by thousands at the time right after the finished uh, YouTube took it off its, the web, its site, saying that it violated its community guidelines. Uh, The center protested, it sent an appeal. They restored it but put it under age restrictions. So now the idea is that your 14-year-old son can get soft porn very easily on the web, you know, porn stars giving lap dances to young men and and naked girls spooning with naked men. Uh, That's okay. That doesn't violate their age restrictions. But they, and, and they can also get Antifa videos of how to become an Antifa warrior and, and celebrations of the destruction of the police precinct in Minneapolis is the high point of the riots to date. But what the, your children cannot hear is a contrary narrative uh, that, will, that will give them some perspective on why police are in black communities and it's to save lives.
0: Heather, not only does it give perspective... Uh, it's uplifting, uh, isn't it? Good to know that whatever is going on has nothing to do with institutional, systemic, structural racism. Isn't, isn't that good news?
2: You would think so. That's right. Uh, but 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 people are being taught to hate, uh, and and they are taught that the American system is rotten to the core, and so y- that is absolutely right. Uh, but but telling the truth about the positives in this country telling the truth about the fact that it is the Western civilization, the Anglo-American tradition, that gave the ideas that are unique in human history, in the name of which uh, the looters and rioters are, are enacting violence. Now, they're, they're doing it perversely, but the very idea of equality and tolerance are uniquely Western ideas. Uh, but, but college campuses and the K-12 system... Is is pumping out something that is teaching people to hate. And I I really do worry, Larry, that Americans are very naive about tribal violence. They think they can uh, encourage the the sort of tribalism you're talking about with Farrakhan. Uh, You know, I've been told by one housing project in East Harlem not to go to the next housing project because they really hate white people there. Nobody talks about black racism against whites. That's sort of beneath observation, but it's real. Uh, We think we can play with these tribal hatreds, and everything's going to be fine. It's all going to just be play-acting. I think that's naive. Uh, This may turn into real tribal warfare if this continues.
0: Heather, before we move on, um, how was the uh, YouTube situation resolved?
2: Well, as I say, it's up with age restrictions. So uh, uh, your listeners, if they want to see the speech to see what was so upsetting to YouTube censors, can find it on the Center of the American Experiment website. Uh, but it's unsuitable, apparently, for minors. So uh, if they, should, they should make sure that their children are not in the room, lest they encounter the facts about American <laughs> history and American uh, reality today.
0: So who complained? How did it get at least restored to, to that degree?
2: Well, I don't know who made the original complaint. I mean, that's a mystery. There was never any explanation given. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just get a, a notice saying we've taken it down. It, it doesn't meet our community guidelines, or in the second instance, it, it is, uh, does not meet our guidelines for, for minors to view it. Uh, in the first instance, when it was scrubbed off the web entirely by YouTube, uh, the Center for the, of the American Experiment filed an appeal, and uh, so YouTube backed down on the complete scrubbing, but put it back up. So now uh, there's, and then there's another version that, that the center has uploaded after the fact that is not the, it's very confusing. Like, I'm not, a, I'm not an expert on social media, Larry, so these distinctions are, are very fuzzy to me, but they, there's another version that wasn't the live streaming but uploaded that they managed to sneak on that doesn't even have a age restriction on it. So there's now two extant versions out there, one age-restricted and then a a bootleg Samizdat version that, like, you can actually show to your children. So that's very exciting. So it is out there.
0: Uh, Heather, this may sound like an odd question, but of these protesters out there protesting the death of George Floyd... What percentage of them do you think really sincerely believe that the police are uh, murdering blacks, uh, using, de- using uh, uh, force against blacks just because they're blacks?
2: I think they do. I, mm-hmm. I don't think this is, like, pretextual. It's pretextual in the sense that they're going to seize anything to uh, wreak mayhem. These are kids that have no meaning in life. They've been right. They've been given nothing about beauty and sublimity and greatness, but I think that that brainwashing is so ubiquitous now that they actually sincerely believe it, because that makes them also feel righteous and justified.
0: Uh, that's, that's how I see it. I, I assumed you were going to answer that way, which raises my next question.
2: Do,
0: do, they, do they only watch CNN, only watch MSNB hee-haw, only read editorials in the LA Times? They would never in a million years come across your article that lays out the facts about the allegation about police abuse. They would never see something like that?
2: Yes, absolutely right. It is a one-sided thing. I have been occasionally invited on CNN. They always cancel. Uh, In in 2016, after five cops were assassinated in Dallas by a Black Lives Matter-inspired assassin, I was invited to come on the next day. My book was just out, The War on Cops. They canceled. Uh, This this summer... uh, uh, one of their hosts had read a piece of mine on in the New York Post on defunding the police and how this would be so catastrophic for those thousands of good, law-abiding residents of, of black communities that they're desperate for the police, uh, and, and they canceled that. There is a complete asymmetry. Fox has far more variety of opinion. They always get the other side. MSNBC, CNN, literally never... And the New York Times, as we've seen this summer, there are these staff revolts happening in every single newsroom in the country, Larry. Whether it's print journalism or 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 broadcast journalism, that they've been colonized by the college graduates that are not allowing the most minor. Dissent from the party line. We saw this with the editorial page editor, an extraordinarily well placed position in the New York Times who had to step down because he ran an op ed by Senator Tom Cotton from Arkansas saying that a federal response to the federal, to the destruction of federal property, to the anarchy that was taking lives this summer during the first iteration of the riots, that it would be justified. There was a staff revolt at the New York Times saying that his op ed made black staffers at the New York Times at risk of their lives, uh, and he had to resign.
0: Heather, the reason I asked you about um, th- whether or not these uh, these kids uh, objectively believe what's going on, uh, and, and got your answer, and your answer is you just don't believe that they know the facts. I asked Tom Sowell the same question regarding the minimum wage, Heather. I said, why is it that if the, if the data are overwhelming that minimum wages destroy jobs, that they don't do the things that the proponents say, why is it you cannot win the argument, Heather? And he told me this. They haven't heard the argument. They don't know the argument. That's why we're
2: not winning it. Well, yeah, I don't know if I would say that because they don't know the facts. That is true. They they haven't been exposed to it. But I, I'm getting a little discouraged, frankly, that one can put the facts out there, and it, it doesn't matter because the, the weight of the received opinion is so heavy that it's very hard to budge. And it's a real question, do people really change their mind based on argument and reason? We want to believe that's the case. Uh if they don't, then it, it becomes hard to believe you can ever change anything. But I, I think you're going to have—they're going to have to be exposed to a long time, for a long time, to a lot of facts and a lot of argument before they would budge. Because I know I've been in debates where I put the facts out there and and the effort to discredit them. You know, like when you talk about the fact that blacks die of homicide at thirteen times the rate of whites uh when you look at the ages between ten and forty three. That's ter- that's a civil rights problem. That's the problem we should be talking about is that loss of black life. But the arguments I've heard from even like students at the Yale Law School is, well we're just not finding the black the white dead bodies. Oh come on. Homicide is the gold standard. We find every dead body. Uh but but there's the resistance to to telling the truth about cultural breakdown in the black community as you mentioned earlier in the show Larry,
0: is, uh, is massive. Uh, Heather, I was doing a show, I thought, to promote my movie Uncle Tom, uh, and I was surprised that the, that the radio host had a guest. I was assuming it was a co-host because I wasn't told about it. And so I start talking, and I said, the number one problem in the country uh, facing black people is not uh, racism. It's the absence of fathers. And I started to give a stat, and she cut me off, even though I didn't cut her off. She went first and started screaming that I was uh, uh, giving a fact that was wrong, uh, that that Larry's putting out bad information. I'm not going to allow you to have him say this stuff. And the the host did not cut her off, so I I ended the so-called interview. It's the CDC that says this, Heather. They said of 72% of black kids are brought into the world without a father in the home. And here she is yelling and screaming at me. It doesn't matter. The facts don't matter for so many people.
2: I, I don't know. You know, we cannot stop putting them out there, but it certainly is discouraging. Uh, and, and you don't have to believe the CDC. You can talk to young men in prison who will say, you know, I didn't have a father. The the riots, the the looting that's been going on, the the, the you know the the attacks on property and whatnot, the the, the 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 organized theft. Those are overwhelmingly fatherless young men. The prisons are filled with fatherless young men, and and even left wing sociologists have talked to people in in the criminal underworld who will say, yeah, you know, my problem was I didn't have a father, or. I'm only a drug dealer, my brother is a stone-cold gangster robber, and the reason is because my father showed up occasionally, whereas his father didn't. So there's an awareness, even in the community, about this is a problem, and yet the academic elites are just dedicated to saying it's all whites' problem. I mean, the idea that we're a white supremacist country at this point in time, I mean, we, we were in the past, is a little hard to take. Uh, when you have an entire elite establishment dedicated to anti-racism and dedicated to calling itself racist rather than having a more honest discussion about how the values they often live by, which is marriage and, and personal responsibility, uh, would do a, a lot towards closing socioeconomic disparities in this country. But, but the, the white establishment uh, is is dedicated to tearing down Its own civilization. That is not how white supremacists live.
0: Heather McDonald is my guest. Heather, we only have about two minutes left. I was reading a piece by Peter Kersenow in the National Review that uh, outlined all of these various laws. Uh, departments, institutions, whether in college, whether in in large corporations, designed to root out uh, systemic racism if it existed. We're talking about the EEOC, DOJ, the various uh, commissions all around the country. Uh, Virtually every Fortune 500 company has a diversity consultant or some such name. Almost all universities do. So how is this systemic racism supposed to take root?
2: It's hilarious. I mean, it is patently contradictory. The thing speaks for itself. The thing speaks for itself. We are not a racist country. We are affirmatively an anti-racist country. And you don't even have to look at those, those multiplying state, local, and federal agencies that are sucking up millions, hundreds of millions of taxpayer dollars at a time when we can least afford it, when our economy is absolutely on the ropes. You can actually look at hiring practices in corporations. You can look at admissions practices in universities that are affirmatively dedicated to admitting, hiring, and promoting as many underrepresented minorities and females as possible. And yet universities themselves, having practiced racial preferences in admissions, having practiced racial preferences in in uh, faculty hiring and promotions, turn around and say, oh, we're so racist. That explains why we don't have a proportional number of, of of black faculty members rather than saying, No, the the PhDs in engineering are sadly not uh proportionately black. Uh but they would rather they would rather call themselves racist in the face of their own practices which are explicitly overtly and and, and empirically validated as as anti racist.
0: Heather McDonald, we're going to have to leave it there. Heather McDonald, Research Senior Fellow at the Manhattan Institute. As I mentioned, her article is up on LarryElder.com, as is her latest book. Heather, thank you so much for taking the time. We appreciate it.
2: Always a pleasure, Larry. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership program offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. This is Hugh Hewitt for townhall.com. President Trump has a record of accomplishments that's pretty easy to compile. Most significantly has brought the existential threat posed by the Chinese Communist Party into the sunlight. Trump has buttressed the Constitution with two justices on the Supreme Court, 53 judges on the federal courts of appeal, and over 140 district court judges. President Trump's tax cuts, along with his massive deregulation, led to 3.5% unemployment until the regime in Beijing acted with criminal recklessness towards a virus that has devastated the world. Trump's brawling, slugging, tempestuous approach has worn down many, but his road is marked by these accomplishments. The elites are convinced he must be beaten. But Americans want their jobs and security back. They like the police. They like civil order. Yes, polling shows him behind 50-year D.C. insider Joe Biden, We'll see. I feel pretty good about President Trump's chances. I'm Hugh Hewitt.
2: Public